All right, welcome back to another episode of the Carter Cast. I'm your host, Carter Bond. With me, as always, Dylan Wilkerson, Connor Sparrow. We're back. You guys had the mismatch on each episode. Dylan, you did the like the opening rounds. Connor, you were there for the second weekend. Now, we're all here for the Final Four. It's time. We have our Final Four. It's UConn versus Miami. It's FAU versus San Diego State. None of us would have predicted this. I Well, I got two out of the four, so I'm proud, like, Getting two out of four in this tournament is insane. That's impressive. That's impressive. Um, out of curiosity, I know Miami. What was the other one? UConn. UConn. Oh, yeah, very impressive. I had Miami in the Final Four. And I, I wasn't really too confident in that going into the tournament, but here we are, ACC, baby. Hey, cashed our Final Four tickets, baby. Cashed oh, our Final Four big, tickets. Big-time future. If you listen to the podcast, you got paid off right there. All right, let's, uh, let's start from last weekend real quick. Uh, Michigan State, Kansas State. Kansas State wins in overtime. Uh, that's the best tournament game I've seen since... I don't even know when. That, I mean, that was unbelievable. I mean, that's really what college basketball is. I mean, if you watch a random college basketball game and it's like a oh man, a fifty-two to forty-nine, not you know mid-major game, and you're like, oof, this is what March Madness is about. Was that game? Marquis Noel, electric, electrifying player, took over March Madness, and that's really one of the top things I love about March Madness is these ability for these players who ninety-five percent of people that watch sports or just the casual fan don't really know. And then they become a household name in the matter of, what, a week and a half? So thought that was really cool to see. Great game. Great game. Unbelievable game. I mean, Kansas State, that, that's just back and forth. It's everything you want in a March Madness game. And you want, let's be honest, besides, unless you're a Big Ten guy like Dylan, I don't even know if Dylan wanted Michigan State to win. I'm pretty sure you had Kansas State going far, right? Well, I have, I messed up and I had two brackets. I had Kansas State as a champion in one, and then the other one I had them losing to Kentucky in the second round. So I was kind of, but I'm not a Michigan State guy, so I know I know I'm a Big Ten guy, but I'm I'm okay with Tom Izzo losing. Okay, fair, yeah, good. But anyhow, Kansas State, awesome story. Uh, that uh, that same day in the Sweet 16, UConn blows out Arkansas. We don't need to go over that. FAU just beat Tennessee. We proved that's what we said, Connor. We said, hey, we did. This, Tennessee is not going to shoot like they did against Duke. They looked okay. They kind of punked FAU in the first half, and then FAU's like, oh, we can just shoot on this team. Like Tennessee was incapable of scoring in that second half. FAU you know, put it on them. They win by seven in that game. And I know it's March Madness, and teams get up for every single game. It's win or go home. But you can't tell me there wasn't a little bit of, all right, we just beat Duke. Like They got all amped up for the Duke game. And then a little bit in the back of their mind, it's like, eh, it's FAU. Oh, 100%. If, if we don't shoot 50% from three, we'll be okay. You know, like there's a little bit of that in the back of their mind. Not intentionally, but I feel like it's there. Um, and then people finally believe Flazic, Smazic, whatever his name is. I can't even remember. He's so irrelevant now. People <laughs> finally realize that big man on Tennessee is a dirty player. You know, if it happens against Duke, everyone's like, oh, yeah, let's go. This guy gets it. You know, these Duke guys, they're flopping. And then it happens to FAU and like, oh, put this guy in prison. He, do, he belongs in jail. Finally, it took it took people for him to beat up FAU players. Well, well, there's no Grayson Allen's coming out of FAU. It's like a little revenge, like a little little. Uh, no, the, no, 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 take no, no, your no, medicine. No. The guy's dirty. The guy was dirty. That's well, what. So it was. is so is Grayson Allen. I'm not discounting so, that. I'm not saying so is Gerald Henderson. Put, so is Gerald Henderson. With I'm the not to the saying. Face. Let's I'm, talk about it. I'm not saying those guys weren't dirty. I'm saying <laughs> yeah. the Tennessee big man was a dirty player. That's all I'm saying. It's the perfect storm. I'm not disagreeing with you there. I'm just there saying, that, you know, maybe the refs let it go a little bit for the, for the transgressions of Grayson Allen. Well, you know, the Tennessee guy is dirty. It doesn't help that Kyle Filipowski and Tyrese Proctor 
they're majoring in drama at Duke. So I, I mean, clearly <laughs> they're showing off the game. It's just the per, it's the perfect storm. It's the perfect storm. I mean, at least they're not majoring in African American studies at Carolina. Uh, That's moving fair. on, That's Gonz- fair. That's Gonzaga fair. somehow beat UCLA. That was the weirdest game. That was like an all time tournament game too. Like just perfect. UCLA dominates the first half. Gonzaga comes back, takes a nice lead in the second half. Then they choke away their lead. UCLA goes mm-hmm. up with like five seconds left, and then they run the Chris Jenkins play. Strother what hits the three. I mean, unbelievable. And then well, who was that guy? Someone on Twitter was tweeting out that it was a bad shot. We're like, oh, that was such a dumb shot. How was, was it, that a was dumb it Paul shot? George? Was no, it, it was. George? It was. You, who was? I can't remember his <laughs> name. A joke. That's a joke. He said yeah, I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dame Lillard. There you go, there you go. But he was just saying it was a bad shot. That's not a bad shot. It was an in-rhythm three. That shot was not good. And if he missed it, we'd be having the exact – it's the he's same made, thing as – He made that exact same shot against BYU in Provo in February. He's made that shot before. That's not new. It, it doesn't matter. It, yes, the it does. On, and it's an in-rhythm three. That's perfect basketball. Carter, I'm not going to argue with – it's It's the same people that are getting on Pete Carroll for not running the ball with – what's his name? Marshawn Lynch. It, it's, it's not – it's never process related. It's always results related, results oriented. So if Even, he would have missed the shot, we would have had, oh, what a stupid shot. But the fact that he made it, everybody's, no, no, oh, no, good no, shot, no. good shot. No, 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 no. Because let's go back to talking about the Dame Lillard, Paul George thing. Dame Lillard was a bad shot. That was a freaking 40 foot step back. That's a clearly bad shot. That was, an in, that was an in, in rhythm NBA three. That was not insane. Like, that's not a bad shot. I think two things can be true here, Dylan. I'll hit on your point first. I agree it's very results-driven. If he would have missed it, there would have been a large majority of people saying, why couldn't they have gotten a better shot? Why'd they toss it backwards? Whatever. But I will never argue against a trail three-pointer like that. The defense doesn't have time to set up or close out. The secondary defender is worried about the ball. He's worried about stopping the ball and stopping the penetration. You saw it in the championship with Villanova, Carolina. They're not worried about the trail. So I can never fault a team for taking that shot, but you are correct also if he would have missed. There would have been a large majority of people going – Oh, what a horrible play. You know, it is very results. Yeah, and, I, I and that's 100% true. People would have looked at the result and said that's a bad shot. At the end of the day, though, like when you look at that play in particular, it's not a bad shot. But like Dame Lillard's was a bad shot. It was a bad shot selection. He made it. That there, That's two different things. But anyhow, let's move on. San Diego State upsets Alabama. I don't even know how it happened. Like just watching the game, you're like, how are they winning? This makes no sense. Yeah, I, I, always, I, I was waiting for Alabama to pull away. And I was waiting for Brandon Miller to get going. He didn't get it going all tournament. I don't think that'll really hurt his draft stock, but I kind of wish he would have gotten it going. Would have been cool to see. You know, uh, he, he's usually pretty good at delivering. Let's move on. Uh, game of the year time. It hit. It hit. The TikTok. Everybody putting in the comments, donations, donations, these clowns. Oh, my gosh. Do they not realize all the sharps are on Houston minus eight? We know ball. We know ball. Game of the year, plus eight, plus seven and a half, plus six, plus one, minus seven, minus ten. Whatever you got it at, it hit. It hit no matter what it does. Money line, cash, 89.75 over Houston. I don't want to hear it. I took a page out of Dylan's book, and uh, I went through the TikTok comments. I replied mm. to every single person <laughs> who, who said, oh, Houston's easy money. Like These guys don't deserve a podcast. They don't know ball. Not too late to delete those comments. Not too it- late to delete them. It's fun, isn't it? All the co- oh, who, what, anybody can buy a microphone nowadays? Well, yeah, we can because we just got that right. <laughs> yeah, we can. If you've listened to the podcast, if you watched our NFL season, we know ball. We know ball. Game These of the casuals year. get on my nerves, man. With the NFL totals coming out, I, I cannot oh. wait for football season. The, these the TikTok weeds. casuals are 
Oh, they're in for it. The only oh, wait till we get to NFL previews and we're like saying that the Packers could win eight games and then every Bears and Vikings fans gonna come at us saying, "Oh my gosh, these <laughs> we're, we're gonna Freaking say you know, the, the the Packers to win the division is not a bad bet." And they're gonna be like, "You are insane, Aaron Rodgers is gone. Kirk Cousins can do it." Um, anyhow. No, uh, my, uh, I'll say my worst thing about the TikTok comments. I don't really care if people are putting in donations. Houston's going to kill yeah, you off. Fine, whatever. whatever. Yeah, no, I don't care. Like, obviously, because if Houston would have covered the spread, they would have been right. So, But they weren't. Anyhow, no, the worst thing is whenever people tweet out, oh, nice job posting this after the game, just because oh, it shows, up on, their, just shows, it, it shows <laughs> yeah. up on their For You page. Yeah, that was ridiculous. Some bozo uh, in the comments. Yeah, nice job posting it after the game. In it, but there was like four of those. Just check the timestamp. It's not hard. It's right there. It was like th- it was like four days in advance. Anyhow, let's move on. I don't care about ca- comments anymore. Game of the year. Let's G- game of the year. Game of the year. Cash. Uh, Princeton Creighton. Boring game. I watched it at the sports book in Vegas. Uh, that was an, a great game to watch at a sports book because the spread was ten. Cr- Creighton won by what eleven. Um, every single person at the sports book had Princeton, so it was kind of really sick. wow. I had I, didn't, I had Creighton. I, I had Creighton. I picked the over, and then I didn't get it in because, you know, I was driving. So I was very disappointed about that. That's rough. um, Xavier got just dismantled by Texas. Texas just was the better team 40 minutes in. It was just unbelievable. They killed them. That was the bracket buster. Now, that was the game. After that game, I actually fell asleep in the middle. I was like, baseball season. College basketball (laughs) is over. Baseball season. College basketball, I mean, like, for we talked about it during the podcast throughout the year that we we were just getting destroyed in college basketball. It's impossible to win in college basketball. And this tournament has been the greatest stretch of my life. You just got to heat up. Like, the greatest stretch of my life. It's not even close. I agree, too. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's been good for me, and I started off so bad. We were, we were awful. We were awful. We had to, we, now, I, think, I think all of us had, like, 15 combined retirements. Oh, oh yeah. we had to <laughs> Well, I clutched in, up when it matters. I sit in our group chat probably six or seven times throughout like two and a half months. Yeah, I'm done. I'm only betting Carolina. And then it turned into Carolina's completely banned because I'm just losing money every game. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I'm glad we got hot at the right time, though. And I got to say, for the Sweet 16 games, overs were kind of back. Overs were kind of back. Yeah, overs were back. Overs were back. Let's move on to the Elite Eight, FAU, Kansas State. Uh, the only thing I really – I mean, it was an awesome game back and forth. It was. Why didn't he take that shot at the end? That was, I mean, you're the guy. You have five seconds left. You get to take a logo three to win, to tie the game. You have to take that shot. You can't pass the ball there to Masood. I, I mean, I somewhat agree with that. The thing is, he's five eight. Like he had a guy right in his grill. Like, what if he even got that shot off? Probably. And he was taking those looks throughout the normal game, anyways, from the logo. I get what you're saying, but in reality, if he didn't fumble it, that's probably the right play. Masood was hot all game. He'd been hot the last couple games. I mean, it's probably the right play. People bash on LeBron for this all the time. I don't think anybody would have faulted him for taking the shot, but I I see his vision. I saw Noel's vision there. Nobody would have gotten mad at him for taking the shot because who do you – Who? I mean, that's who you want the ball in their hands. Like, at the end of the game, you want Marquise Noel with the ball there. Uh, But FAU – the other thing I'll say about this one is – Anytime you see, you know, these PR people at Sportsbook tweet out, 90% of these people are on this, just just fade it. I mean, it's just been free money this whole tournament. Whenever you get the tweet that's saying 90% of people are on Kansas State, you're like, well, well we, now, we now know FAU's winning when Arkansas was yeah. 90 plus percent. Well, our, or 
Kansas was 90-plus percent. Oh, Arkansas is going to win. When Duke was 90-plus percent. Oh, Tennessee is going to win. So, I yeah. mean, I, th- I think this trend just continues in the Final Four. We'll see. Uh, UConn murdered Gonzaga. Murdered Gonzaga. I mean, they were – oh, my gosh. It was not even close. Well, that, Connecticut's been rolling all tournament, and I, I, I didn't. Admittedly, I didn't watch enough of them earlier in the year when they had a, a run at the top of the AP poll for you know over a month at least. Didn't watch as much of them as I should have. They're a deep team. They're a good team. They have playmakers. We can talk more about it when we preview the Final Four. They have been running through teams in this tournament. They have by far been the most convincing team so far. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Sunday, Creighton, San Diego State. San Diego State wins by one on that controversial foul at the end. What I'll say about this is like. One, if you're a fan of either team, you're going to say, yeah, it was a foul, wasn't a foul, bullcrap, whatever. But what frustrates me about the foul call is that San Diego State does that all game and they don't yep. get called for it. Kind of like similar to Virginia. Virginia will play that hard defense where they'll bump you, they'll get away with the small stuff. But then at the end, and you call that on Creighton instead of, and you got to call all game. And people are like, well, if it's a foul, then it's a foul. I'm like, yes and no, because. You have to be consistent throughout the game with your officiating. It's not not as much as, you know, it's it's a foul, it's a foul, because we see more physical games all the time, but it wasn't consistent with the officiating in that game. That's why I do think it was, you know, frustrating. But I also think that's 100% a foul. I think so, too. Um, I'll just say this. The officials set the tone in the game early. Every every basketball game, the officials will set the tone early. We're going to call two hand-hand checks. We're going to call, if you're touching them below the waist, we're going to call it hand checks, like I just said. Or they're going to let them play through contact. They're going to allow that contact up top. A lot of those drives to the basket, guys are supposed to be straight up. Sometimes they'll allow them to do the taco fall. <laughs> they they set the tone, and it just it gets frustrating to me as a fan when it's inconsistent in the last two minutes. If you haven't called it like that the whole game, it shouldn't m- magically change in the last two minutes. Like, yes, I know reviews. Yes, I know it's a tighter situation, more scrutiny. But it should not – the way it's been called the whole game should be the way it is. And, yes, it was a foul, but if, if you sit there and think that – I don't know if that shouldn't have been called. There would have been less people complaining about that if there was no foul, I think. Uh, uh, Moving on, Miami-Texas. Miami wins by seven. They look dead. I'll be honest, when they went down 10-plus in the second half, I turned it off for a little bit, turned it back on. They're up two. I'm freaking out. I'm like, there's no way this just happened. So, you know, I was a bad luck charm watching them that day. I I wheeled them back. We won 88-81. Miami's my team, man. Like my, I mean, I've been on this Miami team since day one of – the college basketball regular season. Miami, Miami, Miami. I love them so much. I'm I'm shocked they beat Texas. Miami, they've got a very good starting five. It's all it, I mean, they have, they might have the best starting five left in the tournament, I think. I mean, UConn can come close. They those five guys could just play though. And they got, you know, they run that undersized five out Jim Lernanga offense that we talked about last time. It just works. It spaces the floor and guys just fight for those rebounds. They they jump up even on a box out, you just jump up and get the ball. It's really about heart. Omir's what six seven, but he's mm-hmm. a bulky guy. He can get he can get boards, and he only played twenty eight minutes last game. He's in a little bit of foul trouble. I I was shocked too. I thought they were dead in the water when they went down double digits. I was like, that's it, but miraculously. All right, let's talk about the final four now. Uh, Saturday six p.m. Eastern. We have the nine seed FAU versus the five seed San Diego State. San Diego State is minus one and a half over under one thirty one and a half. Who do you guys have in this one? Let's hear it, Dylan. So, I'm going to brag a little bit. I'm going to brag a little bit. FAU has been my saving grace in my brackets. We're going to take a look. That is FAU in the final four. Wow. 
So That's they've impressive. kept me in. I have to keep riding with them. I have to keep riding. And if you want to look at a technical point, I do think that FAU, they're more their success has been off the three. And we've seen the the underdogs, if they want to show up in the tournament, they have to shoot a lot of threes. And if they just get hot, if you make a lot of them, they're going to have a run. And FAU is kind of an example of that. The question then becomes, can San Diego State stop them? Because they've had a great defense all season. They've shown it to us in the tournament. I'm going to go with Florida Atlantic just because of my heart. I probably won't play anything because I'm not knowledgeable enough, but I would love to see the Owls in the finals. That would be an awesome story. I'm kind of with you here. I don't know if I'll officially play anything. I'm really going to have to dig into this more. But I was looking at it earlier. FAU has taken in the four tournament games they've had 28, 31, 27, and 23 three-pointers. Meanwhile, San Diego State's allowed 57, 52, 64, 56 points. So, <laughs> like you just said, something has to give here. San Diego State, it feels like they got robbed of that COVID year. They were poised to set up to make a Final Four run that year. It feels like they're kind of back this year. This is a little bit of a redemption run for them. I think they're just more talented. FAU's been an awesome story, but I think San Diego State is going to pull this one out. I think it's going to be – if FAU doesn't catch 10, 12, 14 threes, I think this one's going to be a 10-point win for San Diego State. Yeah, I think you might be right there. Um, it's hard for me to say 10, actually. San Diego State doesn't score enough points, but I think 6, 8-point win. That's not crazy. Are you worried this is going to be a bad game? A little bit. I think by far UConn and Miami is going to be the most exciting game out of these two. This one has the potential to be swept under the rug. I think that's what, it's a good thing they're doing it earlier. I, I've heard a lot of talk about good games, bad games. What makes a bad game? I'm talking blowout. I'm not talking okay. about talent and whatever school's in. I don't really care about right. that because everyone is right now complaining about TV ratings. They're like, oh, TV, t- TV companies are going to be pissed off. It's like, okay, but are you a TV executive? Like, who cares? Like, right. we, want the, we want fun basketball. And so we want close basketball games. We want legendary March Madness moments. If FAU wins on a buzzer beater, you're not going to give a crap who is in this game. You're not going to care that Kansas yeah. and Villanova and Duke or Carolina aren't in these games. You want you want to see FAU make it to the final off a buzzer beater or even San Diego State hitting a crazy three to win it. Is, is San Diego State capable of blowing out teams? That's what I was wondering. It, it, the points they're putting up. I mean, you they look at the total. Out which, look at the total. Yeah, it's they, only one thirty-one. That is not a lot of points. They blew. Out, yeah, they they destroyed Furman. Right. Yeah, you're right. They took. They beat Colorado State by nearly twenty. Yeah, they, Colorado okay. State they sucks. Can. Colorado State sucks, and they're they're awful. They are they're bad. Um, I don't know. Like in, in this game. Like, your heart wants you to take FAU, but then you're like, gosh, is San Diego State's size and defense going to get to them at some point? FAU, they've played Kansas State, uh, Tennessee, and Fairleigh Dickinson. This is going to be a lot like the Tennessee game, which gives me comfort if I'm I'm backing FAU here. Yeah. I'm going to pick FAU here. I don't feel great about it, but let's take FAU money line. Hoot hoot. Here's my here's my play for this game. I think I'm gonna officially ride the over in this game. This That's what I'm thinking. A, but like it's, it's, it's at 131 but, but, and a half right now. If okay, they just have okay, shots, if they okay. keep it close, it's going over. No, 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 no. But hear me out here. If you think it's going over, 131 and a half, it sounds like a low total, right? Right? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, but but when you really break it down to a college basketball score, 66-64 feels high for this game. It kind of does, if, doesn't it? Here's the thing, though, and I, I leaned this uh, last weekend. And in the 64-66 is still uh, – 67-64 is still under. 
But here's the thing. It's a Final Four game. If the game's within eight or nine points with a minute left, there's going to be fouls. There's going to be fouls, fouls, fouls. There's going to be easy layups. The team that's winning is going to let them take twos, and there's going to be more fouls. If it's tight, yeah, I think you have to account for that. That's why I like the over here. I kind of like the first half under, though, because one— I don't hate that. I don't hate that. Because one— I, I love this, is depth perception in a football stadium. These teams are not used to playing in football stadiums, and those shots get wonky early. You'll see at least two air balls in the first half. Oh, yeah, you got to get a feel for it. Yeah, exactly. So, under 61, I could see this being like 29, 24 at halftime. You know Dylan loves his unders. Well... Honestly, in basketball, I'm kind of an overs guy because the whole thought of overtime drives me insane. The, the free throws, I cannot tell you how many times I've taken an under and it's gotten screwed by the end of the game free throws. 15 points in two, <laughs> two game minutes. Fouling, but, fouling when you're down seven with like 10 seconds left. Just Oh, yeah. It. Like, yeah. like that's going to do a whole lot. Yeah, you're still yeah. in this game. Right. Uh, Florida Atlantic team total, 65 and a half. San Diego State, the most they've allowed is 64, and that was to Alabama. Right. I'm just kind of I'm kind of thinking about I kind of like the under there, Florida Atlantic they're, team total under. They're going to take 33s though. So what if they hit 10? I don't know. <sighs> yeah, baseball no, season. I, nobody feels comfortable in this game, which is fine. Uh, give me give me FAU money line and first half under 61. I'm going to ride that. Uh, let's move on. The game of the night. This is the game that matters. Uh, Miami versus UConn. Five seed Miami, four seed UConn. UConn, minus five and a half, over under 149 and a half. What do you guys have in this one? Well, I'm not going to pander to, to the listeners of this show. I'm not going to give some half-hearted analysis that I don't know anything about. I'm going to give you guys a predicament that I'm in right now. So, Oh, boy. I have a future for UConn to win it all. Seven, 17 to 1. I need... Miami to win in order to win one of my bracket leagues. It'd be two hundred dollars. What 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 do I need to do here to lock in some profit? We thinking you know lay the number with UConn like minus two thirty five on the money line or, or what are we doing? No, you don't do anything. You leave it. Let it ride. What do you mean? You're in a perfect spot. I'm not in a perfect spot because what if UConn wins th- wins this and then loses to Florida Atlantic? UConn's then I'm going to be a nine point f- favorite to Florida Atlantic. If they're a six-point favorite oh. to Miami, they're going to be like a nine-point favorite there, and then you can just take FAU money line to hedge. Okay, I guess you're right there. I was going to say, we, we've never seen a nine-point favorite lose outright, but okay, maybe I just sit, sit close this game and, and then we'll, Or you we'll take the FAU with the points to hedge, and then you're like, you can get a double winner. I like it. So nothing this weekend, I'm look, I'm look, or nothing, nothing Saturday, I'm looking to Monday. All right, all right, Connor. What do you have in this one? This is tough for me, Carter. We've uh, we've been on the Miami train the whole tournament. We've been on them since honestly, even preseason. We talked about the ACC tournament preview and the ACC season preview or back in when September, October. We've been on Miami. We said they had a great chance to be top of the conference. They haven't let me down much this year. I'm taking UConn here. I think five is not five's not a lot of points. UConn has by far been the best team the last couple weekends. Most convincing wins. Miami's been awesome. You saw some weak spots against Texas. Yeah, they came back. If Omir gets in foul trouble, a couple of their guys aren't hitting shots. If Isaiah Wong goes cold, UConn just has been on a tear this tournament. I'm going to ride Connecticut minus five. It's Miami. I'm sorry. I'm it's sorry. Miami. I have to, I have to take Miami. UConn, Carter. 
I have so many futures on Miami. They are like, I will remember this, even if like Miami gets blown out by 50 in this game, like, I will remember this Miami team for the rest of my life. Unbelievable what they've done. Been on them every single round. I had them going to the, I took futures on them to make the Sweet 16, the Elite Eight, the Final Four, the, the title game, and winning the title. And they get me into the top 10 of a huge bracket pool to win money too if they win this game. And I'm going to double down. I'm going to take Miami money line and the five and a half. I love them in this spot. I love them. Everybody keeps picking against Miami every single game. Every single game. It's the only game that people weren't picking them on the spread or were picking them on the spread was the Houston game, and they still dominated that game. Everybody and their mother was on Drake. Everybody and their mother was on Indiana. Then people kind of started moving to the Miami train. It was like 60-40 Miami. They still won that game. And the Elite Eight, everybody was on Texas. Nobody believed in this Miami team. They keep proving everybody wrong. And everybody you listen to any college basketball podcast right now what are they saying UConn's easily going to win the title they're by far the best team in this final four they're going to do it what do we hear about Alabama what do we hear about Alabama going into this tournament once that bracket opened for them they're saying how does Alabama not make the final four they lose to San Diego State what everyone is saying about Duke in this tournament like oh my gosh they get now that Purdue lost Duke's got an easy path to the final four they lose to Tennessee every single time everybody's just been in love with one team it crumbles. That's why UConn is like it's scary. And seventy percent of every, ah, excuse me, seventy percent of the bets and the money are on UConn. So seventy thirty split there. Everybody is on UConn to win this title. Everybody is on UConn to win this game. Give me Miami. They keep proving everybody wrong. And what Miami's been doing that's so well. And I talked about this on the ACC Nation podcast yesterday. Is that. They're transitioning to an NBA style that I think every college program needs to copy. It's that you have four shooters and one big man that does all the dirty work. How did Carolina get to the Final Four last year in the national championship? They had four really good shooters. Leaky Black, not so much, but when you bring in Puff Johnson, he's a good shooter. You had four solid shooters, wing players that can move, run and gun, and you have one guy that gets all the rebounds and does all the dirty work down low. That's Armando Baycott. That's what Miami has with, with Ormir, and then they got Wong, Poplar, uh, Nigel Pack. Like, their team is set up so well, so well. What's- well, it spaces the floor when that five guy, like you said, can come up and set a high ball screen. you got three shooters on the wing, and then the center who's guarding the guy, maybe he's an undersized guy a little bit faster, they have to switch the ball handler, and the paint is wide open. There's no help defense because you have to respect the shooters. You have to respect Isaiah Wong. You have to respect Poplar, John Miller, whoever's out there. It, it works, and it's worked all tournament, and it brings me no joy to do this to the ACC. But I just think UConn's the better team, and I think I think they're going to win. I think they're going to win by five at least, and that's why I'm taking them. But everyone said, everyone said, even some would even say Drake was the better team, Indiana was the better team, Houston was the better team, Texas was the better team. Everyone's saying UConn's the better team. At what point do people? I know you've been on Miami, but at what point does the country realize this Miami team is just good? This is not luck. This is not. They're not frauds. They are just legitimately a good team. I'm going crazy with this because I've watched them all year. I watch ACC basketball more for some reason. I don't know why I do, but I continuously watch ACC basketball. And all year you notice you're like, this Miami team is just good. And their biggest flaw was they would, with everybody in the ACC, is they play to their competition. When you play against an FSU, you're like, oh, okay, we're going to sleepwalk into this game. And then they get got. That's what happens. Um... But back to the small ball thing you were talking about, FAU is the same thing. FAU, that's how they made the Final Four. They have four guys that can stretch the floor, and they have one big man that does all the dirty work. 
mean, you can argue that for Connecticut, too. They got Sonogo inside, and they got four shooters around him. Andre Jackson's more of a playmaker than a shooter, but still. Yeah. Same, it, same, same concept. Exactly. None of these teams start two traditional bigs. So. No, and that's that was kind of the downfall for Duke. Yeah, a little bit. And, that that and, was the downfall <laughs> for Carolina the year before they made the run. So. I was about to say, that was the downfall of every Roy Williams team. but Yeah, uh, I mean, the, especially the last year with the talent. It just didn't, oh, it didn't work. We don't have to get into that. Anyhow, I've got Miami in this game. Miami plus five and a half. Miami money line plus 200. Miami every which way once again. We're riding the Canes. Miami, baby. Coach Larinaga is going to be dancing on UConn once again. Can I take a quick victory lap? Um, actually, it's, this is for the show. Because before the college basketball season even started, we said, man, come March, this tournament's going to be so unpredictable. 12s, 13s are going to be favored over 4s and 5s. The seeding's going to be all off. It's going to be all out of whack. It's not going to be chalk like it sometimes is with 4-1 seeds. And guess what happened? Here we are with what? Yeah. A 5-9, and nine, a 5-4. and a four. Just saying. We called that. Yeah. It would have been better if NC State made the Final Four. Then we could have looked really good on this podcast. <laughs> I, I, I'm willing to sacrifice that. I'm willing to sacrifice that. Don't worry. <laughs> Uh, who do you guys have winning the title? Dylan, I'll defer to you. I guess I got to go with UConn because that's uh, that's who I have the bet on. Or uh, uh, are we talking about basketball or are we talking about the Valero Texas Open in the PGA this weekend? Because <laughs> if it's that, then I have Brendan Todd. Okay, well, oh, well we put that sick. in. Yeah, awesome, uh, Connor. Yeah, this is a uh, square me up, but. Uh, I'm going UConn as well. I think – I mean, this is this is going to sound really dumb, but the winner of Miami-UConn, I think, will have the best chance to win the final. I don't think San Diego State can score with either of those teams, but um, I think Connecticut beats Miami, and therefore I think Connecticut goes all the way. This is the year. Home state. New home state. <laughs> it's Miami. It's Miami. It's Miami. There, does, it, there, does it not worry you a little bit like – They've really had to rely on some pretty good second halves for most of these games. Houston, I would say, they were in control of that game for for the better part. But Drake coming down to the, I mean, if oh Miami, no, they, no, 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 they have had to rely on the second half. That is not. So they what were if down they twelve don't put to it Texas together. in the second? What if they don't put it UCon- together? UConn's been putting away teams, Carter, and they haven't been looking back. I don't know if they're as susceptible as some of these teams to a second half comeback. They've been put. They've been slamming the door shut on some teams. Yeah, good but teams. I just. Okay, so U- UConn, they've played Iona. Who did they play second round? Was it St. Mary's? I'll go to my grave thinking St. Mary's yeah, State. Yeah, St. Saint- Mary's. And then Arkansas, Arkansas. and then Gonzaga. Arkansas is a good team, and so is Gonzaga, and they slammed the door on yeah, both of them. Yeah, but the one thing I'll say is none of those teams have guard play. Miami has guard play. I mean, Arkansas. No, Nick Smith, no. I mean, he is no, 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 no. We and saw Gonzaga. It. You can't say Gonzaga doesn't. Gonzaga have does not have guard play. That's the whole point. Why I didn't pick them going going to the Final Four. But is you that can't they, say they don't have it. It might not be up to par with Miami, but it's not. Too their guard. Far their off. guard play is compared to recent years in Gonzaga history. Their guard play well, is okay. very then, far yes. down, and that's what I'm saying. I. All year, I did not believe in those Gonzaga guards. If you watch any West Coast Conference games with Gonzaga, you could tell these guards were just – they could not get them to the Final Four in March. They couldn't. That's what was going to be the downfall of that team. Turns out that's, that was that's the downfall. Your territory. That's your territory, West Coast. And then anyhow, no, they don't have the guard play like these teams. Miami is such a different team than what UConn has played, too. And Nigel Pack is good. Look, I'm not saying that it's 100% guaranteed UConn is, or Miami is going to beat UConn. 
I really do believe in this Miami team. Yeah, there's a chance UConn blows them out in the first half. We get a dud of a game. We've seen that time and time again with UConn. They've been unbelievable in this tournament. I don't want to discredit them and say, right. uh, this UConn team isn't great. No, they've been very, very good. But I, I like this Miami team, man. Like They're so different. They, I really do think they could change the way college basketball is played and how players are recruited. Like, when you see that, like, oh, my gosh, we can win with four guards and a freaking 6'8", six, 6'9", six, big man that does all the dirty yeah. work, it's it's game-changing. So, we'll see. Sonogo's going to have a big game in this one. If he doesn't get into foul trouble, that'll be key for Miami is getting him into foul trouble. Yep. Yeah, I agree. I think it's spot on. I think – I just hope it's an exciting game. I really do. Mm-hmm. It's two teams you can get up and down the floor. The total's at 149.5. I mean, that's a lot, you know, 18 points higher than the other game. I kind of like that over game. there. I do too. Yeah, these teams really like go a, up and down. I yeah. see this game being played in the eighties. Yeah, I do too. Um, anyhow, I, I have Miami winning it all. Uh, obviously, duh. Have you heard this Miami propaganda the last fifteen minutes? <laughs> uh, I have, and before the season, I mean, I have, I have Miami sixteen to one for the final four, ten to one for the final four, five to one to make the title game. I took after the Houston game, had them uh, seven to one to make the Elite Eight, and then four to one to make the Sweet Sixteen. And now I have them fifty to one to win the title and eighty to one to win the title as well. So it's oh, so you're just it's my it it's just Miami everywhere. It's Miami everywhere. If I was in your position, I'd probably be saying the same thing, man. I can't yeah. fault you. Well, and it's it's not even because I have those tickets. It's just right, that right, I truly right. do believe in this team. Yeah, yeah but I agree. but the last thing I will will touch on this, and then we'll wrap up here uh, with the UConn. Miami game being the premier game. We saw this last year. Duke Carolina, it was on a much grander scale, but that second game in the Final Four always seems to be the premier game, the one that like mo- you're so focused on that game that people don't really pay attention to that first game. That first game usually like the title winner has come out of that first game quite a bit. 2015, Duke Michigan State was that first game. Yeah. Duke rolls, whatever. No one really thinks about the game. No one really cares. But then everyone remembers that Wisconsin Kentucky game, and Wisconsin barely pulled it out. And then Duke comes yep. in. You know, no one's thinking about Duke. Everyone's all the attention's on Wisconsin. Last year, Duke Carolina. Carolina beats Duke. Crazy game. Carolina goes into the Kansas game. Kansas pulls it out. Kansas played that first game against Villanova. And that was just a dud, kind of a boring game. Kansas it was an appetizer. It was an appetizer. Could we see that in this in this next game where UConn Miami put so much into this Saturday night game that come Monday night the winner of that game kind of gets you know kind of a bit of a hangover to a FAU or San Diego State. And you know the winner of Miami Connecticut is going to be the most popular pick for the title game. You know that that's going to be the team that the public's on the most. I really do feel like that because FAU, SDSU, those are not like sexy teams to bet on. People are going to be like, oh, UConn, oh, Miami, whoever makes the title game. That's going to be who they're on, I think. I don't know. Uh, and then the last thing I will say well, is that Miami versus FAU. I tweeted out in the Sweet 16, that would be the funniest national championship. Oh, I know. Like, what are the odds? Miami versus FAU. Like, I, yeah. the Battle of South Florida, I guess. Anyhow. Um, 160s. Be, We're looking at a total in the 160s for that game. It would oh, have to be. I think it would be, yeah, like 161 and a half. You, guys, guys, we're forgetting one thing. We have to talk about the NIT final tonight. No. We, I actually, we, I have the over. Oh! I yeah, have the over. Loved, I bet that's it's, 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 it's tomorrow. It's tomorrow. Yes, we don't. We don't. We, we don't talk about the NIT after last night. I was in Las Vegas last night. I flew in for the Utah Valley game. My streak ended with Utah Valley. I was undefeated. I think it was. I think it got up to nineteen in a row. That's 
That's impressive. I did the math. I think I won 19 in games in a row going to UVU games, and they were dogs in most in a lot of those games too. So it was it wasn't like a a fluke thing. Like it wasn't. I was going to when they're 20 point favorites playing like Bethune Cookman or whatever. <laughs> Carter, Gardner we have, so- we have to soak this up, Carter. Dylan taking it over because come football season, I think those might be few and far between. Oh, I cannot oh yeah, you won't get any. Uh, <laughs> we have an NFL draft show coming up. Oh, no, we I- do. It's oh, about time. I know nothing. I will contribute nothing to the conversation, but I, I cannot wait to be here discussing football. What I can't mean? wait to talk about CJ Stroud going number one. Or Bryce Young. Or Anthony Richardson. Up. Or Will Levis. And you'd be lucky to get Levis. Oh. <laughs> oh, we can't. We have to stop this podcast right now. Check out the NFL draft show. That'll be. We'll do one. Maybe we'll do a quick one right before, and then we'll do a recap one right after. I think that's a good one. I want to try and get Brian in on this one. We need to get Brian yes. back here. He's perfect to bring in for the NFL draft. I want him because you know, Dylan. I just know you and I are just going to freak out at each other on 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 that episode. Oh, we've done it on in Twitter DMs enough. <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be bad. I, know, I might need hey, to leak some of those DMs. Yeah. You take your Ohio State quarterback. It's worked I'm out not, well in the past. So I want the Bama quarterback. I want Bryce Young. Yeah, Kyler Murray 2.0. Fine with me. He can actually. Yeah. Okay. Can, okay. Yeah. Actually, yeah. He can. He can actually pass. Yeah. Okay. He's a much better passer than Murray. You can't say that. We won't. Lamar. Can't see over his lineman. He's a much better passer than. Come on. Come on. Okay. Screens, Drew, yeah. Drew Brees apparently couldn't see over his lineman. Hall of Famer. Nah, whatever. We'll say yeah, it for Yeah, yeah, there we go, yeah. there we go. Oh, I love that. I can't wait for that. Uh, we'll have interviews coming back next week. We'll do a quick recap show Tuesday, uh, Tuesday for uh, the national championship. Kind of go over college basketball, talk about that, put college basketball to rest. We'll get into NFL draft offseason. We're going to have a bunch of interviews with former players, coaches, and stuff. We're getting those lined up right now. Thank you so much for listening. Check out CarterCast.com. A bunch of articles coming out soon. Uh, we have some UVU ones coming out as well. Dylan's golf picks will be on there. Dylan's going to be doing live streams on the YouTube channel. Uh, Connor, oh, yeah. we need your player props back come NBA playoff times. We'll get I those know, articles get put up. I need to get back in it. Uh, but check it, check all that out. Subscribe to the pod. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you all next time. Bye.